What's good? What's good? It's your girl, your homegirl, your sister, your cousin, your friend, your family member, period. Your bestie. It's your girl, Just Be Real. Welcome back for another dope episode of Just Be Real Be Podcast. We got some real stuff to imagine and talk some real heavy stuff. I mean, it ain't really heavy, but something to really think about. Enough of me chatting. Let's get real. What's up, people? Y'all already know who it is. The one and only, your girl, Just Be Real. But y'all already know that Just stands for just expressing self-satisfaction while being real. I mean, that's the only way I can do things. The only way I know how to do things. That's the only way I've been my entire life is just being real. And I feel like that's always been a perfect name for me because I've always shot stuff like Just Unexplainable because I am Just Unexplainable. But real talk, I'm just me. And the word having the name Jess, this really is a great pun and play on words. But here today, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about we. You feel me? <laughs> Boys! We're here to talk about we. And when I say talk about we, I'm talking about for us to imagine and really think what Common and PJ spitting to us is how much our representation matters. So today's episode is called representation matters. Yes. Um, and I feel like it's more important now to talk about this more than ever because there's just so much. I feel like every day, if it wasn't before, I feel like every day we were waking up, we were trying to fight to choose the right path to take, to just be our authentic selves. And as you know, Auntie Tad Brown says, you know, uh, she made it real clear that we don't need to turn off our AAVE, you know, you don't have to code switch, you know what I'm saying? But I feel like some of us are able to, like myself, as y'all can hear, I have a very thick New York accent, but at the same token, I can always be Jessica whenever necessary to be able to express myself in a manner that's being quite understood where it doesn't give more of a capricious thought process for you to not understand my actual statement that I'm trying to express. You feel me? I know that was a lie I just said. <laughs> But real talk, I feel like with me, I've always had a heavy New York accent. And it wasn't until Auntie Tab when I really thought about it to myself, like, yo, this is who you are. But I know this would be very aggressive, come off aggressive and intimidating to a lot of people. And y'all know who I mean by people, because I'm doing air quotes. It will come off super aggressive because New York's have a New York people have a very distinct and assertive tone because we're very confident in who we are. So I know sometimes y'all probably heard me have this come out on occasion where I try to scale it back a little bit, but today I'm not going to do that. I'm going to live in my truth like Auntie Tab said, and there's no code switching. It's crazy because being a chick from the suburbs, you would not think that my accent's so heavy because I sound like I'm from this city, but I'm from a suburb in the city, if that makes sense. So it's not like I asked to be able to talk like this. My mom don't talk like this. My pops don't talk like this. Like This is really just how I talk. And like this is just me actually not trying to force myself to restrain myself and my accent. So I just, you know, I'm going to pay homage to Auntie Tab because we're going to talk about representation mattering. We know she is the queen and epitome of representation really mattering and really being your authentic self. Like, And don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say like I'll be faking it because it's sometimes like I'm so used to having to speak that way because like I've sold y'all in prior episodes. I've always been in rooms and atmosphere but i've only been on my one minority so having to grow like up like that literally my entire life from childhood i've learned to be able to not come off as i guess you can say alarming to others where they have to feel like they gotta protect themselves you know what i'm saying or feel like they gotta worry or you know it's gonna be some crazy stuff because they try to undermine my intelligence because i do speak like this <clears throat> but in the same token those when i'm around i really understand me it's like 
Alright, and then also I now ain't gonna hold y'all. Sometimes people don't understand what I'm saying because the accent be so thick. So I try to make it where it's communicated in a way where it's a universal code <laughs> so everybody get it. But those who from New York who really understand it know like this massive. I could say like, oh yeah, you wildin' on some real shit, my nigga. Like, wow, you chill, chill be like you chill, like my nigga, you want some next shit, son? Like, what? Like, what? Like that ass, yo, like it's a different vibe. So like Everybody doesn't retain to that, and especially here in the South, it's a different type of energy. So you got to be just mindful of surroundings. So today is Representation Matters, and I wanted to speak on this only because I've always been a female who's grown up. I, I was blessed enough, blessed. I think anybody born between 93 and prior, I want to say between people from the 70s to the 93 was privileged and blessed enough to be able to grow up in a space and time where self-expression and being yourself was probably not fully accepted, but it wasn't frowned upon. Like the reason why I'm so big on 90s hip hop, as I told you before in the 90s aesthetic is because 90s and 80s aesthetic is because I feel like it was a time frame where you were able to be yourself and not feel like you had to restrict like the bright colors, you know, the high top phase, the, you know, the, the door knockers with the, you know, the, the slouch socks and, you know, the, the sneakers with, you know, the, the light whatever pants the hoodies like the tomboy chic vibe like it was always a time you could literally just express yourself without explanation and your fly told who you were without before you having to speak and that energy was able to exude on levels where people knew like yo that person's just being them like even down to the punk rockers or like you know the b-boys like everybody had their own aesthetic and people were willing to receive it for what it was like y'all gotta remember also too back in them days you still had people of the lgbtqia community where you had trans out here living their best lives you had houses of labasia house of balenciaga um you know you had houses that was really out here just flexing a flex and just being them and just representing who they are and because they've done that and had people prior to them set that example to branch out, I feel like it became like a domino effect to where now where people be like, yo, I feel Gen Z is going to be the generation that's going to make the change. But y'all have to realize that in reality, those who came before them are what were able to be staples and found structural foundations for them to feel comfortable enough to know, like, I'm going to sit out here and speak out loud. I'm going to be myself and I'm going to do it unapologetically because I personally feel like my generation started to do that, which is the millennials. And I hate how people be like, oh, da 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 is a millennial. No, I want y'all to look it up. Gen Y, Gen Y only is the only generation that is called the millennials. Y'all call everything a millennial because it's born in a new millennium. And just because it's born in a new millennium, it means it's only born a hundred, it's something that's after a hundred years. That's every time is a millennium, like period. Like y'all be on some wild shit trying to call everybody millennial. And that's not the case. Like they're a whole different breed of p p person, like period. Gen Z, Gen Alpha, because they got all these different, late, late, I guess like, look at me, can't even talk. They got all these different terms and terminology, but Gen Alpha, they a whole nother breed of different. I don't know what the hell they call, but if you look it up and you see Gen Y, Gen Y is what anybody born between 80 and 94 is called a millennial. They just do it for a short time because Gen Y just sounds like stupid as fuck, which I agree. And then there's Gen Z and Gen X comes before that, 
which is Gen X, which is kind of like the pre-Gen Millennials, which is the Gen Y. So I just feel like if it wasn't for us, especially the Gen Y, because we came in a generation that was bridging the gap, like literally the generation that crossed bridges because we had technology, but we also had the common, you know, upbringing of those who came before us, where it's like you had to, you know, Jones on the house phone to get to know a person. You had to actually write notes in class to pass notes, which is crazy. Speaking about that pass the notes thing, because I still have a, a thing, I think, back in my mom crib that has all my notes. I wrote, well, majority of them back in high school. And I'm like, yo, this was really our text messaging before we it literally had free texting or before AIM became a thing where everybody had a sidekick where that was they texting. And then you literally had a special a, another phone. I don't know about y'all, but I had two phones. I had a sidekick and then I also had a flip phone. So like flip phone was for phone calls and the sidekick literally was for AIM and, you know, surfing the Internet. Because you got to think back in those days, you literally had to pay for every gigabyte of data. Excuse me. Nowadays, that is a part of your plan where you literally can just hook up to any Wi-Fi and it's just meant for you to be able to travel and have a mobile device that gives you whatever. Because little do y'all know, if y'all wasn't in the struggle, we used to have to print out the directions on MapQuest. And if you missed a turn, you had to try to regauge to get back on track. Wasn't no GPS, my nigga, for real. Okay. So I feel like my generation kind of always sees it from both perspectives when it comes to representation because... We've seen where it was, we've seen where it is, and we know where it came from. You see what I'm saying? And that's vital to know that because a lot of what's happening now is not nothing new. It's just more able to have access to people because social media, because the internet, and because you literally have a piece of technology in your hand that gives you access to any and everything that you want to have access to. So when we say representation matters, we got to talk about those who really have been a staple. And I personally feel, again, this is my opinion, have been staples to representation. Um, as y'all know, I just moved into a new spot a few months ago and it's way bigger, has way more space. And it's really out here that really, you know, just gives me the vibes and energy that I need. But because there's more space and as I told y'all before, with me, you know, changing your energy and walking into new space, I have had the privilege of being able to expand my, my my office and my personal space and having that I feel like my apartment now speaks of my decorum of who I am as an individual on my many different you know levels of my personality and what I'm able to display um so like you know walking into my crib the first thing you see is my degrees you know what I'm saying um you see that I am a part of a sorority you see that I am all about black pride and black power. You see, you know, that the zebra is one of my spirit animals and the red is my favorite color because that's literally surrounded in the whole atmosphere in my whole entire apartment. But as you clearly walk through the hallway, you're trying to see more other dissections or I can say derivatives of who I am as a person. And I feel like we all have different parts of us that we show to people. You know what I'm saying? Like everybody don't get all of us but ourselves. You feel me? And I feel like there's certain derivatives we give to certain people because there's certain people who are able to receive that part of us. And it's not that we're trying to deter the other parts of us, but we know it's not going to be as understood without explanation that we're going to have to give. And who wants to constantly explain themselves to people where they should feel like they should be understood and have that rapport and understand it and know, I see you, you see me. So as you walk through my crib, you see Love and Basketball, which happens to be my line name. But one of my favorite movies, because Love and Basketball is something that was one of my big movies, especially when I was in high school, when I felt like I had this 
puppy love with my ex where we both played basketball and we were in a very publicly known relationship in high school because I'm dating one of the, you know, I'm dating one of the star basketball players and you know, that's a big thing. You know what I'm saying? So it speaks of my volumes of that, but the, the dichotomy of love and basketball also speaks into who I am as a person. Monica Wright McCall is me and I'm Monica Wright McCall where it's like, I got this tomboy flair. I got this edge, but trust me, when I want to go ahead and give my femininity, I'm going to give it to my fullest and trust me, I'm going to turn heads. So that's kind of what that gives. And as you step into my space of my bedroom, which is more so of my depiction of, you know, me showing, paying homage to my sorority and me, you know, showing my sneaker collection on display. And you still have the zebra image, but it's giving you more of a mixed match kind of the colors and the curtains. And you see my, my initials because I'm big on my name and elephants because I have so much wisdom you know what I'm saying also part of my sorority but you know what I'm saying like you see my Eagles jersey and my Celtics so there's a lot of depictions of me with like sports and basketball but I would have to say the main part that describes and gives the true essence and core of just be real is my office and this is when I say representation matters because my office slash dividend which is also aka the 90s nostalgia room Yes, the 90s nostalgia room. Literally, it's not just a place where I come to, you know, do my job because my, my laptop and my, you know, my monitors are in here. It's literally my space where I literally have literally all parts of me in this space. It's where I record these episodes for y'all. You know what I'm saying? But it's also had like, you know, my sports, like, you know, my dartboards. I'm still very active and I'm very athletic. They have my punching bag. But the walls... Like, you know, when people say, if these walls could talk, you know, remember how Kendrick said that, if these walls can talk, okay? If my walls were to talk, they tell a story. And as I said, what am I? A big fan of the 90s, because it was all about telling your story. My walls tell a story. I am a huge music head. I love music. Music, if music is a love language, it's mine, Okay. But the reason why I love music is so much is because of representation of what I have now depicted in physical form of my admiration for music and how much it's impacted my life to be the woman I am today. It literally shows the soundtrack of my life, okay? First thing you walk in, you see that New York license plate with my name on it. That literally used to be on my mom's car back in the day before they switched the plates. And you walk in and the first thing you see when you open that door to the left of you is Coco Jones. Okay, her first album she released, HDWY, He Don't Want You, and then her recent single of Caliber. Now, y'all probably like, Jess, why the hell would y'all have a her, you know, in a frame, her first album cover and then her her latest single? Because if y'all don't know Coco Jones, who happens to be play Hillary Banks on, you know, Bel Air as well, who was on Let It Shine. Coco Jones is literally the depiction of breaking barriers. Now, as y'all know, colorism is a big thing in Hollyweird, okay? And her being a brown-skinned chocolate girl out here flourishing at her best, coming from Let It Shine, where she literally was not really on the scene as heavy because there were so many broken promises given to her for her to be able to flourish and who she really, who she is now. The world wasn't ready to be able to accept that or probably receive Coco Jones as Coco Jones. So he don't want you is a depiction of where she was trying to transition to find her space because she never gave up on music. She never gave up on putting her best foot forward and she never gave up on her moralities and who she is as a person. 
that representation matters. Especially now coming to Caliber saying that she wants somebody on her level who's able to not just look good, but match my energy or where I'm at on my aesthetic of trying to be the best me I can be. Having people like Coco Jones out here for this new generation and being able for them to see it, and even for prior generations, seeing that a brown-skinned chocolate woman is out here doing her damn thing, but doing it with class and poise, shows that Coco not out here showing her body. Coco not out here just taking any role because she's trying to have a check. Coco not just out here like, yeah, I'm Coco Jones. Y'all know me from Bel Air, but I'm going to sit here and flex and be another person in real life. Coco literally gives you just enough, but not too much. And again, I'm not going to say nothing, but I feel like it's the earth sign thing. We do that. We just do it. Taurus, Capricorn, Virgo, it's a thing. It's a thing. And what she exudes or expresses as herself on social as being a goofy, quirky, you know, transparent about who she is and her transition to where she is now being signed to Def Jam and all these opportunities and advertisements saying that it took her just being herself and happy that her journey went the way it is shows how much representation matters. She's showing another little black girl that's coming up and letting them know like, yo, don't give up on you. Don't let the colorism or Holly weird. Like she literally has a site called Holly weird because she knows she's different and she respects and accepts that fact. So to see it from her time was still going to where she is now. I want that representation because why when you first walk in, know that I'm here to support that sister. As you come through and see through in my office, you see, you know, vinyls like Phyllis Hyman. And then you see things like Meg the Stallion. You know, with her and be an autograph album of Meg The Stallion and, you know, Phyllis Hyman. They're probably like, Jess, how the hell you got Phyllis Hyman and then got Meg The Stallion in the same area? I'm going to tell you why. Meg is more so shown of her self-expression of her sexuality because she's comfortable in her skin. And Meg does it in a way where for most, she does it in the essence to let us girls who are stallions, because let me tell y'all something. It wasn't always a vibe to be tall. I want y'all to know that, okay? I have class pictures to prove it. And I used to get picked on a lot because I was tall, but I also have a lot. I was always curvy, too, at a young age. Maybe not up at the top, but I was curvy at the bottom and have been since forever. So having that and being picked on constantly about having a big butt or having thighs or having curves was not something that was pretty much portrayed out in the media when I was growing up as a kid in the 90s. So to have a representation now where Meg is like, yo, tall girls, anybody 5'9 and up is a stallion, that allows me to feel like, damn, somebody out here repping for us tall girls. And it don't matter how y'all feel, but we out here. And then she's somebody out here that's, a, you know, a curvy female letting us know that having ass and thighs, even though now y'all weirdos are fascinated and fascinated with the body where y'all literally dying on tables to get the ass that y'all was teasing me about. How y'all bitches feel now? Real shit. Bing bong. Yes, I said it with the all my chest. But it's like, it's it's a it's an essence to just show like, damn. And then the collab, that, it's the autograph copy of the collab that her and Beyonce did on, you know, Savage Remix. But Phyllis Hyman was as well as a statuesque woman who was a stallion before the term stallion became a thing. She was a six foot four, very ballad singer. She was, ugh, fucking amazing. You know what I'm saying? Phyllis Hyman, y'all know Phyllis Hyman? And y'all watch School Days? Y'all will understand the essence. And me being the Virgo, I'm going to put this in here. I constantly 
am very strategic in things I do. And it always is a matter of essence of why my strategy is done the way it's done. So Meg being next to Phyllis is a prime example of, you know, showing that being tall was a thing, but it wasn't as celebrated as it is now. So that's now present meeting the past, but the past only is the reason why that's a present. But school days is next to it with, if y'all watch school days, another part of representation mattering. And HBCU showing the different depictions of what it is to have colorism. The Jigaboos and the Wannabes happened to be also a movie that Phyllis Hyman was in where she sang a ballad on there. You see how everything's intertwining now where it's making sense where I'm saying representation matters? Because you have people like Tisha Campbell and you had John Carlo Esposito and Lawrence Fishburne and, you know, Spike Lee in it where it talks about Greek culture. Y'all know I'm Greek. But it shows how much there's division between those who fight for the cause, but a part of something that's meant to fight for the cause, but in a different light. Doesn't mean we're not seeing the same goal. It just means we have different ways of approaching that destination. The thing is, people, just because somebody has a different approach or a different detour to the destination doesn't derive them from not being a part of the actual purpose of getting that job done. I want us to start thinking about that because hence why I said representation matters. That, which happens to be the cousin of Half Pint who was online for, you know, G5G, has a perspective of actually being in the community and speaking the word and, you know, waking up and saying stuff out loud, as opposed to being a part of the fraternity where Half Pint's trying to get in to show the collective unit to do it as a whole. But then that pushes you over to where I have Heather B. I don't know if you know Heather B, but Heather B was the first ever black female reality star on tv real world season one in new york heather b if y'all know heather b go research heather b but y'all can now catch her now with sway in the morning where she's now doing sway but heather b was always trying to pursue her rap career and her being the first female on reality tv and then tammy roman being the second said a lot about how representation mattered as well because there's only two black people on season one as a whole her and kevin same message, same thought process, just a different way of projecting that message. And Heather made it real clear she wasn't changing for anybody to conform to make anybody feel comfortable. She had no problem making people feel uncomfortable. And I've always respected that about Heather B, which comes to Missy Elliott. Missy Elliott is another representation that really matters. Because if you think about it, Missy Elliott's always been outside the box. From her videos to her style and her swag. I have an autographed album of that and a vinyl. And it also is a part of, you know, stuff like where she's always worked with people like MC Light on a lot of tracks. MC Light is one of the pioneers of hip-hop. You feel me? Y'all know I love hip-hop. She's one of the pioneers of hip-hop. So I got like an even little Brooklyn tricycling cat. But there's a big 24 by 36 of her and, and Queen Latifah. And you're probably like, yo, Jess, why would you have this big ass movie poster of Queen Latifah and MC Light? Because those to me are my sheroes. Those are my icons. You feel me? Those are people who are queens in real life and have spit that real shit even in their rhymes and their verses to this day with their careers. The representation matters because Queen Latifah has always been a full figure female. 
the first ever full figure female I seen on TV and to have Flavor Unit Entertainment and then have your own show and then be able to have a talk, be a talk show host and then still rap and then be the lead actress in the Equalizer, which is a derivative of something that came out in the 1970s where y'all now made it with a black female as the lead. So also being a part of the Queen Collection, having your own makeup line. Who's telling me that that representation doesn't matter? And I'm fighting back tears because it's the authenticity when I'm saying like, Imagine being a little girl in the 90s and you don't see that shit until you look at Queen Latifah. Then she's talking about ladies first. MC like coming straight out of Brooklyn, the only female really out here rapping, going against niggas, going for bar for bar, toe to toe. And doing it like it ain't nothing with the ease. That's some real shit. And then Queen Latifah's always been about, you know, Black Power, you know, Mama Zulu, you know, she's always been, like, think about her name, Latifah. Light. Light's also in Love and Basketball. Everything matters for me. So that representation matters because you look at Light and Teeth now, Light is an executive producer, got her own TV show on All Black, where she, you know, partners in Ron. They're successful as hell. Successful as hell. Queen Latifah's at one of the top five out here of female MCs is actually doing things that has had her hand in different things. And the one that comes after her is Eve. But again, the representation mattered to be able to see that, to know that. You feel me? Which allows me to also know that Selena Johnson is another person who's been a full-figure female and has never been disguised about who she is. But also let it be known like, yo, I fought with my body. I fought with this industry. To be a person to be depicted as something that I'm really not in order to satisfy their craving of what they need to be able to be whitewashed so I can be able to have a more marketable audience. But now I'm standing in my truth and I'm going to do what I do. You know what I'm saying? Selena, like me, has been in abusive relationships. She's been molested. And to understand that her mindset is like that and her be able to still persevere to be able to continue to flourish the way she has speaks volumes. Selena's on cocktails with Queens, with Vivica A. Fox, Claudia Jordan, and Lisa Ray McCoy. Phyllis Hyman committed suicide. I've attempted that. But it's all because she felt like she was not going to be able to project and continue her career with this new age renaissance of music. Are y'all picking up the connections with me and how this representation really fucking matters and these kids these days are watching exactly what we're doing and it matters which leads me to rhapsody rhapsody has never in her life not paid homage to queen latifah and mc light ever in the game because i personally feel my opinion and i don't give a fuck how y'all feel rhapsody is this generation's queen latifah her cadence her wordplay ain't like no other. She's like out here like these niggas. And she pay homage to, to Missy where she be on some, you know, how Missy's always, you know, speaking her, you know, her onomatopoeia be on that shit. That's what Rhapsody do. I got a big 24 by 36 of me in Rhapsody because she shows that tomboys are still able to be fly. I've always been a tomboy. And to see somebody be able to show me that it's okay to still be myself. And I could still, you know, still show my femininity. It matters. That again, representation matters. And she's really making it known that 
I know a lot of females are saying that sex sells, but I'm not selling my body or selling my soul out to not be my authentic self and let y'all listen to the message rather than listen to be the misogynistic ideology of what the world wants y'all to think is okay. Well, y'all miss the lyrics and the message I'm giving because y'all so focused on my body. I love rap. And I just want y'all to know I just got a limited edition exclusive vinyl of Eve. I'm so hype, okay? Super fucking hype. But then you think about rap, you think about the brat. Then I just say Selena Johnson is on Cockles of the Creams with Lisa Ray. Lisa Ray is the brat's older sister. The brat made it known that it's accepting to be who you really truly are. She said she hit herself for over 20-something years, being that she really was in the females and she really was a part of the community. So she's another vinyl that I have next to my bisexual flag because y'all know it ain't no secret. I'm very comfortable in my sexuality. But also in a frame, in a book, I have my essence book of Niecy Nash and Jessica Betts. Because I feel like that was the first, that's the first ever female, black female cover of same-sex relationship for essence. Do y'all understand how big that is? You know how big that is for me to feel seen and understood without judgment? That's putting a mark and a staple in the community saying, we see you. We appreciate you. We will not disrespect you. Your choice is your choice. Representation matters, especially for a girl like me who was out and didn't get a chance to come out with my sexuality when I was ready. Somebody did it for me, which is why I hid so long behind what it was or try to suppress it and not make it public because I was embarrassed. Having people like Brat and Niecy Nash and, and Jessica Betts out here living their true authentic selves, especially Jessica Betts, because I don't know if y'all know she's been an artist. And back in her, where she came when she started her career, was at a time where they were trying to make her into something that she wasn't. Y'all go back to old videos of Jessica Betts. She was wearing like dresses and skirts and she just didn't feel right. But she always wanted to sing, but she never felt like the world would accept her for her with her masculine presenting demeanor. Niecy Nash has really made it known, like, I love who I love. A woman who's been married how many times? To men? And now she's in love with the love of her life and feel like she met her match. It's a prime example of representation is showing, especially in the black community. And I want y'all to really understand my emphasis when I say that. In the black community of how much power we have and influence. Because they don't know, for all they know, there could be a little girl out there who's really questioning her sexuality like I did at five years old. Because I knew very young. I don't feel like it's a choice. It's literally something I was born with. Because if I could choose to be straight, why would I want to be triply oppressed being black, being a woman, and being a part of the community? I don't think that's a choice I would want to make. But they don't know whose life they could have saved by just being out here and having that representation on a cover. And I'm sorry, y'all. I'm getting real choked up because this is really, like, touching my heart. Y'all might be, they may have stopped some little girl from feeling like they had to hide themselves and able to come out to her parents more comfortably or live her truth at a young age rather than waiting into her adulthood or waiting to feel like if I do jump in in my curiosity, um, am I going to be labeled? It matters. I have the Rugrats clock that I've had since a kid um, on my wall, on my door. And it's also placed there as well to remind you that time waits for no man. And no matter how old that clock is, the hands are going to keep spinning because it's going to continue. The only time the clock is correct is two times out the day. Even if we're to stop, it's still going to be accurate at one point or twice out the day. And it might be stuck, but it's not fully stuck. I feel like we're like clocks. Even if you're a broken clock, 
You might not be right all 24 hours out the day, but two times out of them 24 hours, that time is going to be correct. And that's what that representation is. Every woman I just named is a representation of their timing and the essence that they've had in my life and my timing. There might be somebody out there for y'all that has a timing, whether it be a male, female, whoever. And again, I'm not trying to discredit any of my black men out there, but I'm going to speak as a perspective of black women and what my representation matters for me. You feel what I'm saying? It's going to be something that matters. And again, Susie Carmichael, Cree Summer, A Different World. Y'all notice my favorite freaking show. 24 by 36 of A Different World in my crib. House Party 2 in, in my crib. Again, all intertwining. Queen Latifah played Zora, uh, Zora Henderson in House Party 2. Cree Summer, A Different World. Cree Summer, Susie Carmichael. Are y'all getting what I'm saying? Everything comes together. Susie Carmichael was the only little black girl in all the Rugrats with her nice cute barrettes in her hair and a well-to-family household showing that, hey, not every black family comes from brokenness. Representation matters. Cree Summer being one of the top black female notoriety voiceover females in the game. Not only was she on a different world and just been acting, but her voiceover game's ridiculous. Her resume is longer than a fucking CVS receipt. Again, Representation matters. And what I'm about to add in my in my office, which I don't know, is I'm about to add my Shiro wall. But Jess, you got a Shiro girl. I thought your whole room was about your Shiros. Yes, music, everything. That's what's on my walls. But my Shiros and entertainment is a different type of thing. Okay. My sheroes that I also feel that need to be on these walls along with side every other female I just named for y'all. For a fact, y'all already know who number one is. Y'all take a guess. Bum, ba, da, da, Amanda Seals. And I want these females over my desk where I work at. Because I feel like, excuse me, I spend most of my time in my office because this is where I work. Eight hours out the day, five days out the week. I'm only in my bedroom to sleep nine times out of ten or when I'm lounging on the weekends. So this is something I, since I spend my most time in here, I feel like these three women are vital and pivotal in why I feel representation matters. Amanda Seals, I want on my Shiro wall because Amanda Seals gets so much flack, as I've also stated before, even in my little, you know, my bonus, because she speaks the truth. I said it before and I'll say it again. Amanda Seals is the GOAT. The world just hates the messenger. She speaks the fact and keeps y'all keeps the world enlightened on what's going on in the current and makes it your business to know that we are each other's business. And as long as we rise and we lift each other up, we're going to be okay. So if we take the time to know that we are a community and as I was, we lift as we climb and we understand and making our business to be knowledgeable and have the education because knowledge is power. That's one thing they can't take away from us. And that's one thing they did take away from us. So why would you want to deprive yourself of that opportunity when it's availed to you? She makes it known that it's important to know where you came from. It's important to know what's going on. And don't subject yourself to be ignorant to what's really going on around you. Be aware of your surroundings. She is a comedic genius. She is a comedian. She is a cultured content creator. She is a creative. And for that, Amanda never letting her moral compass go astray and always directing her on the right path, even in times when she's had opportunities to do so, that my there deserves a Shiro wall. The second person on my list that I feel deserves to be on my Shiro wall, Simone Missick. 
Simone Mystic has been in this game for a, mile, a while. She is a Howard alum from Detroit, East Side, baby. Okay? From Motor City. But because she went to Howard and stands proud in the fact of her HBCU education, Simone Mystic is an executive producer and lead actress on All Rise. Simone Mystic been in this game for a minute. A minute, okay? And the fact that she's tapped into new levels of her greatness and realized the only reason why she was able to do so was that she had to be her authentic self speaks volumes. It shows that somebody from an HBCU education can just as well as exceed from somebody who came from a PWI. Somebody from Detroit Eastside is just as capable to be in a representation, especially being that she's playing a lead actress as a judge before we had my Sora Kantanji Brown be, you know, admitted into the Supreme Court. She was playing that judge that we're now where you had art imitate life, where now life is now imitating art, showing how much it is to be a black woman in a courtroom in black America, but depict the true essence of what it is that's fathomed that we're not always accepted in the rooms that we're put in. That's my life. That's my representation. I am a senior accountant where I'm the only black one on my entire team. So she is my example to show me that I can still push because I have an HBCU education. But I can still keep striving and thriving because I know where I came from and I know what my HBCU built me to be. HBCU made. And baby, ain't no education better than an HBCU one. And that's no shade to the rest of y'all. But to be the majority and know that your culture is what pretty much embodied and empowered you to be where you are today, you will never, ever, ever forget that. Because HBCUs were created out of the, the oppression of us not being able to get education, so we made our own. As fucking always, representation matters. And then on top of that, you, an executive producer and a lead actress, where you play a judge that has a husband who's willing to sacrifice his career for you to pursue yours and your mom at the same time, but not only that, on a black-owned network, Oprah Winfrey Network, where Oprah Winfrey is your boss, you used to script or, you know, envision on a vision board of Oprah Winfrey, where now she's your boss. And you're an EP and lead actress as a black female where the storyline revolves around you. Y'all can't tell me that shit don't matter. That shit matters. Then you also got my last person who I feel people are probably going to be like, who the fuck? Asia Epperson. Asia Epperson was on American Idol at a point in time. But the thing which I probably don't know about Asia Epperson is her father passed away the day before she went for her audition. Asia's originally a singer, but her acting game, when I say booked and busy, Asia's in, y'all going BET Plus? I bet you tap any one or two movies or at least a few series. You will see Asia has movies. She's a lead in a couple movies. She's also in Bruv by Tyler Perry. She's out here grinding. She has done, she's now a director. She could put direct on her resume. She is director and a lead actress. She's an actress and a, and a director. As well as somebody who's actually motivation and about fitness and then showing that empowerment and how much it is, you know, go ahead and have a good day. If you don't, you do, do something nice for yourself. Do something nice for somebody else. Asia's had adversity every chance she got. When her dad passed away, she could have gave up. Y'all probably know her from the stupid nonsense, which I'm not even going to speak of. Y'all just Google Asia Epperson. I'm pretty sure y'all see it pop up. But it's always been a stigma against her. I said against her. 
Reason for her to quit and give up. She was in a car accident herself where she had to stop singing and literally had so much injuries to her where it's kind of like, well, what the fuck happens now? Acting became a thing. And when I say that girl grinds, there ain't one time that you ain't never seen Asia Epperson when she not out here, even when she living her best life, she not studying her lines. Lottery ticket. She was in that. Y'all telling y'all, y'all are telling me this does not matter. Having female directors doesn't matter where you go from behind the camera to in front of the camera. But in this day and age, as somebody in her 30s, Oh, and, and for the record, y'all, Simone Missick, Amanda Seals are literally like only nine, eight years older than me. Early 40s. Early 40s. Yet and still put in the work, time and dedication where they've had every reason to stop. Amanda was in the first ever uh, black sitcom on Nickelodeon, My Brother and Me. You're telling me she don't deserve to be put on my Shiro wall? Amanda's the reason why I learned that being talkative and speaking up for herself was never an issue because she was a true depiction of me to know that education is my power and I have my birthright to speak my mind because my voice matters too. Representation matters. Y'all have things, and then and then outside of me just saying that in general, let's talk about the general, you know, popularity of what it is where representation matters. Married to medicine. It may have its moments of being me uh, messy, but it's all depicted around black doctors and, you know, counterparts of people who live in Atlanta who are successful in the, in the realm of medicine. Dr. Heavenly, well-known dentist. You have Heaven, uh, Heavenly Kimes is, is one of the most respected, but she speaks her shit. And she does it without remorse. And I respect that shit. Dr. Jackie fought breast cancer two times over and out here as, you know, an OBGYN. Dr. Simone, well-known, pediatrician, husband, all of that good stuff. Two kids living her good life. Eugene and Toya. Eugene has his own operating. Then Dr. Heavenly married to, to you know, Dr. Connorswell, what she called daddy. You know, Dr. Damon, powerhouse couple. You know what I'm saying? That representation matters because that's letting little black boys and little black girls know that it's possible. You also have my sword, Contessa Metcalf. That's just literally Metcalf. That literally is out here doing medicine, trying to be an attorney general while her husband practices medicine and they do it together. How often do you see that shit? You don't. You don't. So that representation matters because even outside the mess, the message is more important. Tabitha Brown, like I said before, is the epitome of representation mattering. A girl from the South in North Carolina who had an actress from the country, been aspiring actress, trying to do it for the last 20, almost 30 years, literally getting her break. And when her break, when God blessed her, he blessed her. Tab time, where now she's even giving the message to the kids that God is love. Over here with a book deal. Now got a whole recipe in a book deal. Come out with her own seasoning with McCormick seasoning. Doing specials and shows on, you know, vegan lifestyle and eating. Had a whole, you know, collection released with Target. Got her own restaurant, vegan restaurant. From starting something so small as where she literally had to go back to Cali twice because she, she wasn't living on her purpose as her husband was going ahead and providing for them and said, as soon as I'm able to get a baby, you can retire. For him to now live his dreams. And she does it with love and light. Representation 
matters. If y'all don't hear one thing that I'm saying out of all these people I'm telling you, think about what they've done and what they've impacted and watch how they move in their life and how God moves in their life for them. Novi Brown's another prime example. I will never forget when Novi said she went from EBT to BET. Literally went on a whim, left New York to go move to Cali. Didn't have a license. Her uncle drove her to pursue her dream. Now she's one of, one of the most nationally known TV shows on BET, where now she's literally in astrology, living her best life, and got her own little, you know, astrology. She got her own, I won't even say little, got her own astrology show, because that's going to try to demean what she's doing, and it's far from little. Got her own astrology show, and out here giving spiritual guidance to let us know that spirituality is okay to understand. It's not demonic. But God is still the head of her life and all that she does. Representation matters. Y'all gotta really think about like how there's so much that everybody be so quick to say negative about the black community and culture, but think about those who are actually being pivotal forces and thriving to thrust a real catapult in what we're doing and making us better. It might not be a lot, but it's enough. It's enough for now, but you got to take it step by step. That's what Whitney said. You have Anjanou Ellis, who is now one of my swords, who probably made it real known that she is queer, a bisexual woman. But she wants to make it known that she's being a staple to make sure that just because y'all going to have to stop y'all homophobic conversations, just because y'all around me, because y'all didn't know no better, be mindful of y'all surrounded because y'all know who y'all may offend. But she said it's important for the world to see that being a queer actress is just as important as just being a queen. Representation matters. And you know what's crazy? I ain't even trying to be cocky or nothing, but some have said that I'm a representation that matters. Y'all who've been rocking with me on this podcast, I know I have a voice and I speak a lot on something that a lot of people don't probably don't want to talk about. Or I'm out here being transparent and giving my full authentic self. I feel like my purpose on this earth is to just go ahead and be the words or be a voice to the voiceless. Be a platform that's allowed us to talk about the taboo of what many don't want to talk about. To let y'all know I'm not always what y'all see on social media is not me 24-7. I give y'all bits and pieces. I'm not giving no facade. But what I give y'all is just enough for y'all to understand part of who I am. You know what I'm saying? But I struggle like y'all have. I have scars and wounds just like y'all do. I'm fighting to make it to where I got to be. But it might it, there's room for me someplace. And somebody's going to recognize my greatness. Me hustling with my business. Me hustling on this podcast. I'm doing this so I can be a representation and still be an accountant. Y'all think I call myself the artistic accountant for no reason? No. I want a little girl to know you can be an artist. You can be a creative. And you can still be sitting in the senior accountant position and bust your ass to show another little girl that she can be exactly where you are even if she's in an anomaly. Because your representation fucking matters. I matter because I'm one of few black accountants that are out there in senior positions. I matter because I'm out here being a creative, still doing my hustle with my business where I'm trying to make it my another stream of income and make it something that literally doesn't just have income, but actually has a purpose to fulfill. I matter because my jackets are from love and they, they, they allow people to express their personality and I, and I paint with love and passion. Elgin Charles telling me to go ahead and keep going, queen. That shit, when I say y'all, I cried. I cried in that hotel room when I read that. And I'm about to start crying now because that shit touched me. Elgin Charles is the emperor of hair. He's been in the business of hair doing celebrities hair for years. Years. Most might know him as, you know, the ex-husband of Jack A. Harry. 
But to have a person like Elgin Charles shed light and pour love into me, a person he don't even know just off the strength of Amanda posting my work, speaks volumes. Rhapsody showing me love when I created a jacket for her speaks volumes. Demetria McKenney showing me love speaks volumes. These people don't got to show me love or follow me or show out, but they do. And I'm forever grateful because I look up to y'all. You feel me? Their representation matters to me because y'all are striving for me to be the best me I can because I'm watching y'all do it. You feel me? But what, what really blew my mind, which I'm going to tell y'all, Annette Seals. Annette Seals. Annette Seals. Amanda's mother. Her sister reached out to me for me to create a jacket for Amanda's mom. As y'all know, Amanda's mom lives in Florida. So it's not real often you're going to wear a denim jacket. But the fact she even had interest. To want us to one support my black business, but to rock a custom that I created with her daughter's face on it. Do y'all understand how big that is? I'm not gonna be small when I have people like that believing in me. She was like, you know, I'm not gonna get the jacket now, but don't be, you know, she, you know, don't be surprised if she comes back around and wants to get it. But she did want me to tell you that she loves your work and to keep doing it. What? Annette Seals. Amanda Seals' mom, the same Amanda Seals I just seen in D.C. and drove to go see, the same Amanda Seals that I grew up watching on my TV for the last, TV for the last 25, 28 years of my life, the Amanda Seals that I have so much respect and admiration for, that Amanda Seals' mom? Representation matters. The same single mom that raised her to be the most eloquent woman that she is today reminds me of the mom that raised me to be the eloquent woman I am today. Representation matters. And if y'all think it don't, it does. Somebody's watching. Somebody's watching. And somebody is really looking at one of us, all of us, no matter who you are, what you're doing, whether it be positive or negative, somebody's watching what you're doing and watching every move you make. They might not say nothing, but just know that your purpose is a passion for somebody else to pursue and persevere in their, in, in their, you know, in their assignment. Representation matters. And don't ever forget it. As I always say on air, we keep it real. But never, ever forget, y'all. Be real, be true, and always be unapologetically you. I love y'all. Have an amazing week. Since I was little, I had a big imagination.